What's up everybody? Good morning and welcome to our Sunday morning online Water's Edge worship experience. Once again, thank you so much for hanging out with us today. Thank you so much for tuning in. For those of you who share these links with your friends, if it helps them, we appreciate that. We hope it continues to help them. For those of you that continue to give and you're generous online, thank you so much for that. It allows us to help more people, love more people, feed more people, and serve more people. Right now, we're currently working with hurricane evacuees. We have several down here, several families that we're helping, putting in rooms and helping feed them. Your generosity helps us minister and show God's love to people like that. Thank you so very much. A couple of weeks ago, we started a brand new series that will hopefully bring some inspiration to your heart. All around us over the past year and a half, probably over the past two years, we have seen hurt. We've seen heartache, we've seen desperation, uncertainty, fear, anxiety, sadness, and depression. But in this series, what we're currently talking about is this. We've named this series, I Want to See Jesus. And when I say that, I want to see Jesus, I'm not talking about dying and going to heaven. I'm not looking for the next train out of here, although that would be a great thing to see Jesus one day. What I'm talking about is right here, right now, heaven on earth. I want to see Jesus in my life. I want to see Jesus in my heart. I want to see Jesus in my circumstances. I want to hear Jesus in my words. I want to see Jesus in your life and in your circumstances and in your decisions and in your words. I want to see Jesus in our city. And so that's what we're talking about in this series. I want to see Jesus. The other day, I got a phone call from a friend of mine who told me that he had pretty much left his faith. And the reason why he had left his faith in God, he had left his faith in Jesus, or he was tweaking his faith and he was changing his faith he had basically told me that he didn't know what to believe anymore. And the reason why is because he has gone through something just tragic in this life. And the tragedy that he went through because he lost a loved one that was very dear to him and it was very unexpected. When he lost this loved one, he didn't know how to make sense of this pain and he didn't know how to make sense of this tragedy. He didn't know how to make sense of this circumstance because it didn't fit in his current frame of reference. And so he walked away from his frame of reference because Jesus was in that frame of reference for him, the window that he was looking at life through. The other day, me and my son Jagger, my 12-year-old, we were at Kroger's, and the reason why we were shopping at Kroger is because that's the only place where we can find these big packs of brownies that everybody in my house loves to eat. And so when we were checking out from Kroger, we were walking out, we got behind two older ladies, and they were walking real slow, and so we didn't want to be rude and get in front of them, so we were just walking behind them. And one of the older ladies turned around, she goes, I'm so sorry, we're walking slow, but this is my sister, and this is as fast as she can go. And I looked at her and I said, no problem whatsoever. We're not in a hurry at all. I said, sometimes I move slow too. She goes, yeah, but my sister's 98 years old. And I said, wow, that's amazing. God bless y'all. So when we get in the truck, I could see Jagger's wheels spinning and he's thinking. And finally, he looks at me when we get down the road. He goes, dad. And I said, yeah. He went, she's 98? I said, yep. He went, how? And I said, buddy, sometimes people just live longer than other people. And then he asked me this question because he's just very curious. And it actually gave me the idea for this series and for this message. He said, I wonder what she thinks about. So Jagger was wondering what this lady wonders about. You have to understand, she was born in 1920 when Woodrow Wilson was still president and she's still alive. And I started thinking, she probably doesn't wonder much about her future anymore because if she's 98, there's not too much road ahead of her. But when she does wonder, I'm sure it's filled with questions like this. Why? How and what? Why, how, and what? Why did that happen? Why did they do that? Why did they say that about me? Why is the world in pain and how? How do I make sense of all this? How do I explain this? How do I answer this? How could God allow something like this to happen and what? What could I have done differently? What did I do wrong? Why didn't I see this happening in you? What do you wonder about? 
Probably one of the most exciting things for you and I as human beings is we have the ability to wonder and to imagine. And sometimes what we wonder about leads us to be afraid because sometimes my mind gets away from me and I wonder about maybe my son being kidnapped and we have this anxiety and fear about the what ifs and everything in the future is filled with what ifs and uncertainty. And so sometimes what we wonder about can bring fear. Sometimes it can bring fantasy. What would I do if I won the Powerball? $38 million, I wonder what I would do. And so sometimes wonder can bring fantasy or joy or more questions, but what about you? In this life right now, what do you wonder about? Now, whether you know this or not, you and I all look at life and we all approach life and we all have this system in our life and in our soul where we make decisions and we make judgments and we make choices. And we all do that through this window that we look at life through, through this frame of reference that we see life through. And this frame or window that we look at life through at different times in our life gives us answers to what we're going through. And that's why we call it our frame of reference. So a long time ago, you and I were handed this window to look at life through and this frame of reference to look at life through because it gave us pretty good answers to the questions of life. And then when something difficult happens, maybe our frame of reference can answer that question for us. And so we all have this filter. We all have this worldview. We all have this point of reference. And so when life is tough and when life is confusing and challenging and when life is at a standstill, we all go back to this frame. We all go back to this window. We all go back to this reference points that we look at life through to help us make sense of what's going on. Something difficult has happened to me. Something difficult is going on in my life and all around me. And so I have this window that I look at life through to help me make sense of this heartache. Now, if you still don't really know what a frame of reference is, let me give you a very simple definition. So if you're still with me, Sam, I'm still with you. Here it is. A frame of reference is a set of beliefs, values, and convictions. Remember those three words, beliefs, values and convictions that we use to make decisions in this life. And we also use them to develop opinions about life and how life should be lived. And so we all have these beliefs, values, and convictions. Most time that were handed to us, we look at life through these, these beliefs, values, and convictions, this window. We make decisions through this window and we judge life through this window. So when we face questions about God, when we face questions about suffering, when we face questions about the world, integrity, disease, heartache, relationships, future, life, eternal life, most people, when they have a hard time answering those questions, they go back to their window. They go back to their original frame of reference to get those answers, which means we go back to the beliefs, values, and convictions that were handed to us probably when we were children by someone else to find answers for what we're going through. But the major reason we still wonder about so many things today, I wonder where am I gonna be in five or 10 years? I wonder what's gonna happen to my kids. I wonder why did this tragedy happen or why did this heartache happen in my life because I didn't cause this is because there comes a time in our life when we go through something in our window or our frame of reference just doesn't have a good answer for it. And so in the past, we went back to this frame of reference and we could kind of find some good answers for what we're going through. But then there comes a time in our life when we go through something that just pulls the rug out from under us and we go back to our frame and window and we don't really find the answers there. We still wonder because the situation that we're facing in this life just can't be explained and solved by our current beliefs values and convictions. And so we all have this frame that helps us make sense of the world and it helps us make choices and decisions in this life. Our window determines for us right and wrong. Our window determines for us fair versus unfair. Our window determines for us important versus non-important. Your frame usually determines what you believe 
how you live and how you make decisions. And this is why you go back to your frame of reference. Now, for most of us, this set of beliefs, values, and convictions was handed to us by someone else, parents, grandparents, youth pastors, pastors, coaches, teachers, older siblings. And so they shape this frame of reference for us. I'll be more specific. Some of us grew up in very, very religious households like I did, which meant you went to church not just once every now and then. We went to church three times on Sunday and one on Wednesday. We were at church every single week and it was very, very religious. And so for some people, they grew up with this very rigid religious frame of reference. Other people grew up kind of religious, which means they're gonna go to church on Easter. They're gonna go to church on Christmas. They're gonna be there at Father's Day, Mother's Day. They'll show up every now and then when something goes wrong, they'll show up and pray with a pastor. And so it's just kind of a part of their life. And so that's their frame of reference. Other people grew up in an academic household where everything's scientific and they need to see it. Some people grew up in a moralistic household where they're expected to be perfect, perfect grades, perfect job all the time. Some people grew up in opportunistic households where you were taught to look out only for you. You can't trust anybody but yourself. Some people grew up being taught about karma, that what comes around goes around. Some people grew up being taught about fate, that nothing really have a reason. It just happens because it happens. But there are so many more reference points, you get the picture. So growing up at some time, we're all handed this window, this frame of reference, and we adopted it as our own. We didn't come up with it. I see the world this way because someone taught me to. I make choices this way because someone taught me to. I view God this way. I view pain this way. I view struggle this way because someone taught me to. But then we have our own experiences, don't we? Our own pain, our own heartache, our own tragedy, our own confusion and so sometimes it doesn't fit and so we have to tweak our old window we have to tweak our frame of reference we've made little changes to it because some of our beliefs values and convictions have changed now because of what we've went through but then other people just abandon their window altogether I mean, at one time, maybe Jesus and God was the point of their original frame of reference in their window, but they went through something that just devastated them and devastated their heart, and they couldn't make sense out of all of it, and if God was loving, then how could he let this happen? And so they just walk away. And the reason why they walked away is because they went to their frame of reference, their old one for answers, and they didn't find it. No answers. Your point of reference never prepared you for this, for the cancer, for the betrayal, for the divorce, for the tragedy, for the loss, and for the hurt. And so life leaves us wondering how, what, why. I wonder, how did this happen? Why did this happen? What did I do? For some people, it forces them to dig deep and hold on to their original frame of reference because it feels safe for them. For other people, either they tweak it a little bit or they just run away like a little puppy being let off the leash for the first time. Now, for some people, Jesus was in their original frame of reference, but maybe he wasn't framed the best way. Let me just tell you about my personal vision for my life. For my life, my personal vision is to paint a better picture and a brand new picture of Jesus for all those people who walked away from their window a long time ago because it just didn't make sense. Because a lot of times we walked away from our original frame of reference with Jesus in it because Jesus wasn't framed the right way. And that's why we're in this series, I want to see Jesus because I want to see the real Jesus and this world is hurting and they need to see the real Jesus. And for many of us, the Jesus that we were handed, the way he was framed 
was all wrong. Maybe you were taught that the pain that you went through and the experiences that you went through and the sicknesses that you went through and the confusion and the hurt that you went through, maybe you were taught like I was taught, you're going through that and it was caused by Jesus to wake you up, to get your attention, to bring you back to God. I, don't, I can't tell you how many times at revivals and youth camps and, and in church services where I would hear people say, man, God, God laid me flat on my back to wake me up. God let this happen in my life and it was just a tragedy and there was sickness and everything to bring me back to God. And other people who are going through things are like, wow, what kind of God is that? And so the more confusing life becomes, the more guilt you have because of the way Jesus was framed for you. I was telling a friend of mine today, I said, the way Jesus was framed for me a long time ago led me to believe every time I got sick, God was mad at me, trying to get my attention when it was just brokenness. God uses, causes this to happen to me because I'm messing up, and that's a bad frame of reference. And so for some people, they end up just saying, I can't handle the guilt. I can't handle this view of God anymore. It seems like I can't get everything right. I'm going. I'm bailing. This is my window. This is my old frame of reference, and I'm leaving it behind. And so today, what I want to do very quickly is this. I want to invite you or to re-invite you to re-invite Jesus back into your frame of reference. But not the old Jesus that was framed the wrong way. A fresh Jesus, a fresh look at Jesus, the real Jesus. Now, if you feel like you've lost your frame of reference in this life, what should I do? What should I believe? What should I value? What conviction should I have? What should I say? How should I live? How should I choose? How should I decide? Then ask yourself this question and notice this. If you're still with me, Sam's still with you. What all do I really know? Let me ask you that. What all do you really know? Some of us in here today and some of you listening to me right now act like we know it all. We know it all. And so many times in this life, we feel like and we convince ourselves and we build the case in our heart that we know it all. You just had to have him. You just had to have her, didn't you? And then once you did, sooner or later, you wanted out. Oh, but you just had to buy that. You had to have it. But once you did, you got in debt. Oh, I just, I have to go. I have to go one time. And then when you go, it's a horrible time that you have. So at one time in your life, you think you know it all, and then you realize, I don't know it all. As kids, when we're growing up, we hated it when our parents would give us a bath and wash our hair. Man, they would scrub that thing to us. Our hair is about to fall out. And now we'll spend 80 bucks on shampoo because cheap shampoo will give us a bad hair day. Your frame of reference always changes because you don't know it all. And so at certain times in this life, you find out, uh-oh, I don't have all the answers and my window is changing. Now, here's what followers of Jesus believe. We believe that as history was unfolding, God went before us to drag us forward, not back into a relationship with Jesus Christ. And so God came here in the flesh, John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whosoever believes in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. God came here in the flesh to show us what he was like through Jesus. So when you look at Jesus, when you see Jesus, you see what God is really like. So basically, God sent Jesus on our side so he could show us what our frame of reference should be as we look at life. Now, we actually see this referred to in the book of Hebrews. The book of Hebrews was actually this long sermon written to Jews who had converted from Judaism to Christianity. So they were Jewish Christians. And these believers at this time 
they found it very, very difficult to live for Jesus. When they decided to live for Jesus, it didn't make their life better. It just made them better at life because life was hell on earth. Because back then, Jewish people considered Jewish Christians to be traitors. They had walked away from their Jewish frame of reference into a new Jesus frame of reference. And they were being killed for this and persecuted and rejected for this. And so the early Christians had a hard time living for Jesus. And so because of that, some of them left the faith. And so the book of Hebrews is this long sermon to invite them to re-invite Jesus back into their faith and back into their frame of reference. We pick up today in Hebrews chapter 4, verses 14 through 15. Am I preaching or what? Here we go. So then, since we have a great high priest, notice that, who has entered heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to what we believe. Let us hold firmly to what we believe. This high priest of ours understands our weaknesses, for he faced all the same things that we do, yet without sin. Notice what the writer is not saying. He didn't say, since everything's going great. Since everything in life is working out, since everything in life is just wonderful and is just making sense, hold on to Jesus. That's not what he said. No, in the first two verses, he implies that there's this struggle, there's this pain, there's this adversity. We have Jesus, our high priest. Now, to the Jews, they went through the high priest to get access to God. But for the Jewish Christians, they saw Jesus as their high priest. And so now I don't have to go to God through a man. I don't have to go to God through religion. I see Jesus and I go to God straight through Jesus and straight through my relationship with Jesus Christ. But he also says that Jesus feels and understands our weaknesses and our heartaches and our battles and our pain because he was tempted in every area just like you and I. So this indicates that sometimes, and understand this, Life just doesn't have answers. So when life doesn't make sense, he says, don't walk away from Jesus. That's when you bring him back into your frame of reference and hold on to him. Most people find it easy to hold on to Jesus when everything's great, but that's not what the writer says in this sermon. He says, since there's this pain, since there's this confusion, since there's that, hold on to him. Hold on to Jesus. Now, notice Hebrews chapter 12, verses one through three. If you're still with me, Sam's still with you. Therefore, since we're surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, and let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. Do you see where it says the race that is set before us? That means that God, through Jesus, has this original life. This plan, this, this path, this frame of reference already marked out for you. So don't walk away. Hold on to him. Verse two, we do this, he says, this is how we hold on to Jesus and keep him in our window, in our frame of reference. Notice this, we do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus. I wanna see Jesus, the champion who, who initiates and perfects our faith because of the joy awaiting him. He endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now he is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. Do you see in this verse where he says what we keep our eyes on? Not church. Not religion, not a pastor, not a priest, not a leader, not a politician, not an experience, not a circumstance, but you keep your eyes on Jesus. Why? Verse three, think of all the hostility he endured from sinful people for you. Then you won't become weary and give up. He says, when you're facing confusing circumstances, think wonder about everything he endured on the cross for you. And if you hold on to that, then you won't easily 
give up. And I don't know about you, but the cross always reminds me to hold on to Jesus. Everything that he went through for me, if he never did another good thing for me, the cross was enough. It always reminds me and inspires me to hold on to Jesus. Now, as we close, let me just say this. So many people have let go of Jesus as their frame of beliefs, values, and convictions because the Jesus they were given a long time ago was framed up all wrong. And we wanna clear that up today. Maybe the Jesus that you were given was an angry Jesus, and so you walked away. Maybe he was an exclusive Jesus where only certain people were welcomed, and so you walked away. Maybe he was a southern, white, racist Jesus that you were handed in church, and so you walked away. Maybe he was just a Baptist Jesus or a Catholic Jesus or a Pentecostal Jesus or you can't do anything right, Jesus, and so you walked away. But this Jesus the one that endured the cross for us, the one who loves you, the one who endured hostility for you, the one who endured shame for you, the one who endured public pain for you, the one who forgives you, the one who holds on to you, the one who has a plan for you, this Jesus is worth holding on to. This Jesus is worth reinviting back into your window, back into your frame of reference. So one last question. If you've let go of Jesus or you're thinking about it, then notice this, if you're still with me, Sam's still with you. What was your faith fixed on and attached to in the first place? A church? A pastor? A belief that everything was gonna be okay? Your parents' faith? A feeling? Maybe some belief system? Well, of course you walked away because all these things do is let you down and they never have any answers. But Jesus will never leave you nor forsake you. He endured the hostility of the cross for you. That Jesus is worth looking at. That Jesus is worth holding on to. That Jesus is worth reinviting back into your frame of reference. So follow Jesus and let him show you what to believe. Let him show you what to value. Let him give you your convictions. And it's not gonna give you every answer, but it will give you peace. And we all crave that. I hope this has helped you out today. We love you. Thank you so much for tuning in. Hope to see you back next week. Thank you so much.